What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor as far as we can. Yeah. As far as we can. As far as we can. Important caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, how's life, man? Uh, pretty good. It's been mm. busy. Mm. Uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of people cancelling on us or so. Was it? Meetings, yeah. uh, <laughs> this week especially, for some reason, like three days in a row, yeah. I think we've been like, almost like stood up, right? Yeah, meetings. it didn't even occur to me that three days in a row until you pointed it out just now. Yeah, but I also blame it on, I mean, people are falling sick a lot more. There's mm. like, there was some COVID thing going around. And, you know, have you, do you know anyone who's gotten, gotten COVID recently? I, I know uh, last week, I think I heard, but technically, the three people who didn't make it were not due to sickness per se. It's like. not COVID-related. Right, there was yeah. work, there was travel, and yeah, uh, the, the guest that was supposed to come on today. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we'll explain why, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just two of us, man. Yeah, just the two of us. But it's been a while since we've done a, uh, you know, a, an episode about uh, current affairs. Very, very current. current oh, yeah, affairs. that's true. Our last episode was with Farah and Xenia. Yeah, the last one we released was yeah. uh, Xenia, the actresses Xenia Tan and Farah Lola mm. came on and talked about Halloween and their paranormal experiences. And our horror comedy podcast. Yes. The which, last episode of which is coming out when, Terrence? This Friday, episode 10. Episode 10. It's time to binge, folks. Time don't, You don't have to wait anymore. Everything going to be, everything's going to be out there by Friday. Yeah, yeah. everything by Friday night. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. Cool. How about you? Uh, my week, I mean... Last night, my wife and I started on a puzzle that oh, okay. a friend gave us. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like... A thousand, pa- thousand, piece thousand puzzle. pieces. Which, I mean, we have something in our house that we already did and we put it out on our wall. Very yeah. proud of it. Yeah. But then the more I did this puzzle, right, the more I realized either this person has never made a puzzle of their life, mm. in their life, mm. or they really want us to be discouraged. Why, yeah? Because the design of the puzzle was a bunch of swimmers in the middle of like an infinite blue. Oh, uh, I see. So, so it's all blue and blue. And yeah, blue. so me and my wife, we split it up. She was focusing on the humans. I was focusing yeah. on the blue. Uh. And then at the end, I was like just staring at like 400 blue pieces. Some of you are colorblind. You can't even tell the difference. That's why she did the human. That's why she did the human. <laughs> so there's there's humans, there's like bubbles, and there's blue. So I said, okay, let me work on the edges first. Like. Oh, okay. So I found all the ones with flat edges. But by the end, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, uh. how does how is this a compelling puzzle? Like? Uh, I think that's a question. But my bigger question is, how is this a compelling activity for a couple to do on a weekday night? Nah? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't shit. At, like, admittedly, I think we stopped it because after a while, we were like, okay, this is more tiring than relaxing. Mm, okay. The last puzzle was actually quite fun. Okay. You know, oh, like, you know, disconnect from devices. Yeah, oh, okay. you spend so that's what you're getting... doing, like, disconnecting from oh, devices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So not... no phones when, when doing the puzzle, is it? No lah, as in you're not watching TV. Okay. The okay. phones are there if a message comes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But after, shortly after, like we're like, okay, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe not for a weekday night. Oh yeah. Maybe for a weekday afternoon. Uh. Life is really like a puzzle. It's so confusing. It is a puzzle. <laughs> but I was I was thinking more about the person who gave the puzzle. Uh, like um, I mean it, w- it wasn't for someone I know. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe the person doesn't like you all. Uh. That's why they give you. Yeah, the puzzle. maybe. Yeah. They like, just want what, you to fight. Uh. What better way? Th- to you know, take people take time from people's schedules, then give them a puzzle that yeah. is just like it's just blue. Mm-mm. It's just, you can't even tell the different blue. Yeah, you like you can't tell the different. No, blue. I check, I check. It's, it's just a sea of blue. Maybe, maybe, maybe like people who are not colorblind can see the differences. There's the nuances like in there's the, the human pieces, there's the bubble pieces, and there's the blue pieces. Maybe if I look, there, I'll be like, oh, there's obviously turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> I I was next to my wife who, as far as I know, is not colorblind. Okay, okay. So I was just thinking like, okay, this is a brilliant puzzle. Like if you, maybe maybe the person who bought it hasn't made a puzzle before, like with thousand pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So, uh, how long do you think it'll take to fix it? I don't know whether we're going to continue. Oh, yeah, like. okay, we did okay, all okay. the human pieces really. Mm. But then I think it'll be a discussion whether we proceed or not. Like. Yeah. So shout out to that person who gave you all the puzzle. <laughs> I don't know whether she listens yeah. to this podcast. Uh. Yeah, maybe she has really maybe she really doesn't yeah, like maybe you or she's really happy like that she wasted. Or maybe she just doesn't know. Time. Maybe she doesn't know that maybe for a puzzle, ideally every piece be identifiable. But mm. life is a puzzle, man. Mm. But puzzles are interesting, like, like like doing puzzles with my kid now and just watching how you know, he figures it out and all mm. that. It's interesting, the things that you take for granted in terms of how humans 
perceive the world. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's just nice to not do something that is powered by like something digital. Mm-hmm. You just disconnect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I will still stay if yeah. a couple decides to do a puzzle thing on the weekday night. It's fine. As long mm. as it is enjoyable. A, a logical puzzle. Logical. Right. logical. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of puzzles, like yes. a lot of puzzles uh, to talk about. Mm. Right? Mm. But before that, uh, what do we always have to say? That if you have been listening to this podcast or that you are listening to this for the first time and you enjoy it, it would be great if you could share it with at least one other person. Um, and, you know, follow us on social media, follow us on Spotify, leave a rating. It really helps this podcast grow. Mm. And on YouTube, and on YouTube as well. And if you want to work with us, uh, email us at contact.ministryoffunny.com. Uh, a lot of interesting people have reached out to mm. us for various things, you know. Uh, and yeah, just just keep doing it, you know. Like, uh, I think we're always trying to find ways to work with different types of people. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Yes. All right. Jumping into the first and very heavy topic. The elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, we, we, we are going to be talking about the current conflict that is going on uh, in Israel and Gaza, mm. which is mm. horrific. Uh, and we were actually supposed to have a, a guest today. Mm. Uh, because we are, I mean, recording this on 1st November, mm. uh, around mid, like noon. And every day things are changing. Like. Yeah. And we kind of knew going into getting guests like this, there might be last minute changes. And there was like, this mm. morning. And I think we've also uh, not jumped head first into this topic first. Yeah. Because uh, it's very tragic, this one. But mm. also, uh, it's it's complex. Uh, it's a very complex topic that you kind of want to gather as much research and understanding of the, the conflict and the history behind it mm. before you actually talk about it, uh, right? Yeah. And right. ideally also get, you know, people who are vested in the, the you know, the, the region and everything to tell, talk yeah. more about it, which is what we've been trying to do. Uh, and we've been reaching out to people to try and get, get them on. But uh, because it's such a com- complicated topic also, mm. uh, it's not been easy, lah, right? Yeah, it hasn't. And I mean, it's also like, like what you said, right? Like there have been some, maybe say academics that mm. have spoken mm. out in Singapore and all. But yeah, like if you are studying the place, you haven't spent time on the ground, it really feels like it's it's different. Lah. Yeah. So as yeah. much as we are also going to talk about it, because we did so much research ahead of this interview, we're like, you know what? Let's talk about let's it. Just, let's just talk about it. It will be from the lens of like just a regular Singaporean and, and wondering how the hell to think about all this. Like. I think that's key. Yeah. Like, why should you as a Singaporean uh, reading about this in the news and everything, why does it even concern you? Mm. Or why, why, why or maybe not concern you, but why does it, why are there so many people who seem to be quite heated about it even in Singapore, like, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it it has spilled over into onto our media and our shores and everything also. Yeah, but but from your interactions with your friends and family and all, is it something that you think people are are diving deep? I mean, we dive deep because of the nature of our work. Yeah, but the general person that that you know, uh, I don't know about dive deep, but for sure, one hundred percent is that everyone has heard about what is going on, and everyone kind of you know like uh, they kind of in their minds have a have mm. chosen a side la, so to speak. Yeah. I'd say it's very hard to to, you know, have find a middle ground between the two. And everyone kinda has an opinion about it. So it's one of those things where maybe you could attribute it social media or whatever, but everyone knows about it, you know. It's not mm. like during our time, even when we were say studying in the US or something, right? I think even when there was conflict between Lebanon and and, and Israel and everything, mm. uh you, you still felt kind of insulated from it, yeah. like being uh, all the way across the world. And, and even with friends, you know, you, you said that you knew people who were literally going to fight so, the, yeah, the yeah. war and all that, right? Yeah. And I had Jewish American friends and all that. But even then, I never felt like that close to any of this news. Mm-hmm. But this time, it feels different. It feels like everyone, you know, every lay, even lay people also, uh, like ourselves, you know, have heard a lot and seen a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's been... It's been what almost three three weeks since the horrific uh, uh, yeah, first attack, weeks. the first horrific attack on October seventh, right? By Hamas on mm. Israel, yeah. Yeah, by Hamas on Israel, which was which was just horrific. But mm. since then, I mean, every day there are new things happening. Just this morning, I think last night, mm. a refugee hospital was refugee camp. Uh, refugee camp, yeah, yeah, in northern Gaza was bombed by Israel, and yeah. Israel has come out. And say like it was a, an attack by them because they were targeting one of the Hamas commanders. Mm-hmm. Which now Hamas has refuted. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the the struggle that even if if you try to find out, there are so many different angles 
Uh, and when I, when I talk to people, I know, yeah, like what you say, everybody has some sort of opinion. Mm. Everybody has some sort of context. But I personally learned so much that I had no clue about. Mm-mm. But I think I've always known Palestine and Israel have this ongoing conflict. Yeah. But after this happened, you dive into the history. And it's not just the history of like a hundred years. Like the history can go back for as far as like y- you, you, you want, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it's so deep and so, and now you just watch it. Yeah, it's just... I'm sure, like for everyone, it's just it's just tough to stomach. Yeah. How do you? What was your immediate reaction when you first heard of what was happening on October seventh? Uh definitely horrified. Mm. Um, that that could happen to that extent. Yeah. Uh, of course, wondering, wait, what the hell has been happening the past few years? I mean, mm. you always hear that some, some there's there's a evergreen like the ongoing conflict. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you'll it will uh, explode into some some deaths lah, right yeah but this one was uh like like crazy lah. and and i won't deny that um at the start it was okay so it it, it was it was hamas and like uh i mean it, yeah it was hamas and it, it is a terrorist attack lah, right mm. uh but the way you could foresee like israeli israel forces coming to go on the retaliation right it just felt like Oh shit! Some some shit is gonna go down, mm, mm. Yeah, and that was where I was confused. At that point, I was confused. Like, okay, this is a horrific act, but is that representation representative of all Palestinians? And then you see when you go online, it's one or the other, mm. At least in the early start, yeah. in the early days. So that yeah. that was that was for me at the start. Yeah, yeah. For you? Uh, yeah. I think it was quite shocking, quite horrific. Yeah. Everything at the start, and uh, I was just shocked by the number of videos coming mm. through that were supposedly from, even from Hamas itself, like, right? Uh, like body camera videos of yeah. the what, you know, was, was happening, whether it's attacks on, on soldiers or attacks at the music festival, you know, mm. where a bunch of uh, young people at a music festival were attacked in the early hours in the morning and had nowhere to run. You know, a lot of them were, were you know, shot or, you know, grenades thrown into bunkers that they were hiding in, things like that. Uh, a bunch of them also kidnapped and became hostages. Uh, some of them, looks like their dead bodies were being paraded around in mm. Gaza as well, like pulled back into Gaza and paraded around. So, yeah, just really scary scenes because uh, these were people who were, young people who were celebrating, I don't know, life or something. Not, nothing religious related or, or, or mm. culturally or ethnically. Uh, eth- yeah, ethnicity related, like just celebrating at a music festival, electronic dance music, like the zook out and typical stuff like that. Mm. And you see videos of paragliders coming in in the distance from Gaza, like, right? Hamas mm. fighters, uh, and also rockets in the air, and then the music stopping and confusion. So yeah, just I mean, these are situations that uh, less in music festivals, all that people have been in, normal people go to and celebrate and have fun and all that. But to suddenly become this like uh, massacre was is is kind of scary, like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, yeah, like like you, one of the most shocking things for me was uh, the the whole thing just became politicized very quickly. Mm. Like I felt like there was barely even enough time to like even figure out what was going on, the casualty count, and how much of what we're seeing is is real or fake and everything. Uh, and then already we were jumping into the discussions of like history of the Israel-Palestine conflict and mm. uh, and things like that, like, right? Which, yeah, like, even for people like us, we need to read a lot to get up to speed with. Mm. So, so yeah, that, that was the point where we did a lot of intense reading and watching videos and, and things like that, learning about the history and, and geography of the region. But just shocking like, that, that something so tragic, so barbaric and attack, right? Uh you know, before even the vic- you talk about the victims and the families or the hostage situation or that, uh, it became a like a very polarized thing la, about, mm. you know, are you pro-Israel? Are you standing by Israel? Or are you standing with the Palestinians and everything? La? And people were just rushing to take sides really. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite shocking to me because I mean, I, I mean, as far as I remember, when things like 9-11 or the Bali bombings happened, uh, I don't think people rushed to like take sides or anything. It was it was all uh, especially on nine eleven, right? A mm. lot of it was like, oh god, this tragic, horrific, and you know, it's like uh, we stand by New York or stand by America or whatever, lah. Mm. Uh, but this time it just felt much more like oh, everyone's just rushing. To, they merely rushed to like, okay, 
uh, take sides about it already. And even even uh, as we were discussed, uh, I think even even the UN and everything also it's it's it, the the response was quite different from what I expected, lah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So so I mean like like uh yeah, I, I recall nine eleven. It was clearly a terrorist attack, lah. Mm, right. Mm, mm, mm. In this case, like um, I mean the plight of the Palestinian people is just it's horrible, lah. Yeah. Right. Uh, every time I read up, I, like even now talking about it, it makes me think like, fuck, yesterday I was getting annoyed filling up a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just like, what the hell is like, that is the challenge I faced last night. Yeah. I went yeah. to bed thinking, fuck this like blue puzzle thing, you know. We quote the esteemed uh, scholar, Nas mm. Daly, mm. who called, who said, we're crybabies. Uh. Mm. You know, the things that Singaporeans are complaining about. Yeah. Crybabies compared to what people are experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like, even this morning, you wait, or like last night, you see the videos of things going on it's 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 just horrible. I think the the bomb attack, right? Yeah. So, but going back to what you said, immediately became politicized, and it it. I remember thinking like, oh shit, like, it, can you even express your views or confusion publicly, mm. la, You know, mm. because it was either pro Israel, pro Palestine. Then you start seeing like countries ban uh, certain rallies. Mm. You start seeing certain in Singapore, right? Yeah, Singapore also. Singapore ban, but I think France they started off by banning just pro Palestinian rallies first. Mm. Uh, and then you see some educators, I think there was a Cornell professor, kind of yeah. like talking at celebrating, a, celebrating the, the massacre of, of the uh, Israelis in on campus. Yeah. And then you see protests happening everywhere. And yeah. and of course, when you see the pictures that are coming out about the state of Palestinians in Gaza, mm. um, yeah, like it is, I think it's only a human feeling to feel like, oh fuck, their lives are shit, lah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, because it became so binary in the public eye, even if you express some compassion there, yeah, you could be labeled pro-Palestine. Yeah, right. Then it became a very confusing thing. But uh, like Hamas is a terrorist group; they are the Palestinian people. But then, the Palestinian people people voted for Hamas in two thousand and six. Mm, mm. But then also, was it a fair election? Then it just everything becomes like this onion like, that you have to just peel and peel. Yeah. Even between you and I, we had differing opinions between. Me and my wife, like everyone has opinions that thankfully have evolved over time. Yeah. But yeah, it's just even today, like you ask me, like I don't even know how to how to think about all this. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> that's why it's quite interesting because I think um Singapore has taken quite a middle ground stance mm. on it, right? Mm. At the same time, I think uh, it's going to be debated in next week's parliamentary yeah. sitting. Yeah. Because it is a very important uh, thing like that. Uh, a lot of tension, there's a lot of tension in the air, especially from, you know, the, the Muslim population in Singapore, right? Mm. You know, like, basically feeling for the the, bro- the, the uh, brothers in Palestine, right? Mm. Uh, I, I think, uh, if anything, the Prime Minister Lee, Lee Sien Long has also made uh, some very clear statements already, which I think is worth, is worth just as quickly mm-hmm. covering. I mean, definitely, they, they, you know, Singapore government condemns Hamas uh, attacks as a terrorist attack, like very brutal, uh, illegal terrorist attacks. Uh, but it also confirms Israel's right to self-defense, like, right? Yeah. For, for based on what's happening. But in exercising the right, you know, the PM Lee has said that they need to follow international law and address the humanitarian concerns that arise. Um, you know, they, they do, obviously, they want the best for Israel as a country, but also they call for restraint, right? And mm. how they're how they how they're retaliating to to the attack. Uh, you know, he I think he acknowledged that the Muslim uh population in Singapore is agitated and and you know they they do wish that there's more compassion. And they do wish and they do have more compassion for uh Palestinians uh, who are mm. going through uh, what they're going through. Um but he still reiterated that it's sensible for Singapore to maintain relations with both Israel and Palestine and to provide humanitarian support to both countries like, if mm. needed, right? Mm. Which I think Singapore has. We've donated $300,000 to the Palestine humanitarian efforts. And Singapore's stance, long-term stance is that um, there needs to be, we need to follow a two-state solution yeah. for Israel and Palestine. Uh, but even PM Lee acknowledged that it, it seems like it's, a, it's very far off. Like, but, but, you know, he's hoping that it can happen. Like. So mm. that, that that's as far as I know is about the official line of Singapore. And, and I mean, even as of yesterday, yeah. uh, Singapore voted in support of the UN resolution that called mm. for humanitarian assistance and a humanitarian truce yeah. for the Israel-Hamas conflict. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and this is, I mean, I, I thought this was quite interesting. But, but with caveats also, like with caveats. Uh, which, which were what? They, I think one that the resolution did not condemn the October 7th attacks. Uh, I think that's one aspect of it. Mm. Uh, uh, I think that one, wait, the resolution did not condemn? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? As in the the resolution did not outright condemn the uh the attacks on October seventh. Uh yeah. So so that means it was more talking calling for what it is now, right? Uh what what do you mean? No, as in like like um it did not condemn. Yeah, it did not the resolution did not condemn. They were they, they Singapore voted in favor of the UN resolution, but uh said they also omitted two very uh, important things lah. As in the resolution omitted lah. Yeah, yeah. They regret that the resolution oh, has oh, yeah, omitted yeah. Uh, those two things. Two glaring and they they said like literally two glaring significant omissions. Uh, it doesn't mention Hamas's role in perpetrating the October 7th uh, mm-hmm. terror attacks. Uh, and and uh, what was the other aspect? I wanted to pull it up. Mm. Sorry. But um, yeah, while you pull it up, like yeah, yeah. so basically uh, I think Singapore's uh, just clarifying that is also important. Mm. Because, like, I think it's hard to not condemn mm. uh, what Hamas did. Because when you see interviews and, like, a lot of, there are a lot of reasons to highlight the plight of the Palestinians. But just from the interviews, whenever there is, like, almost like a refusal to kind of, admit that it was an act of terror, mm. that's when the interviews go south. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because it becomes a thing, then it becomes like, okay, this has been happening um, the other way for many years. So it is more, it is like like a, a balanced retaliation, which, mm. I mean, for us in Singapore, we've never faced anything like this. It's yeah. almost hard to comprehend la, where lives lost are compared across like different, different time frames and time years as, as, not to say apples or apples comparison, but they are just compared. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And and I mean, like, um, another thing that was interesting is that PM Lee uh, met Anwar Ibrahim, I think yesterday, mm-hmm. at an event. And Malaysia, especially Anwar, has been very vocal in support of Palestine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think there's no Israeli embassy in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? But yet, they could they could meet and they, PM Lee, they both highlighted that it shouldn't affect relations between both countries. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, you're saying from the Singaporean perspective, right? Mm. I mean, for any country, I guess, much more a smaller country, you start thinking, oh, like, um, whenever there's a border border conflict, right? Mm, mm. I think every country is just like, oh, shit, this is scary. La. Yeah. You know? Because it could happen to you. Yeah, because it could happen to you. But even then, the why why this topic is so politicized is because even for the UN resolution, mm, mm. Um, there were 121 votes in favor, yeah. one of one one of which was Singapore. There were 14 against and 44 abstentions. Mm, mm, mm. So then it also makes you wonder, like, like yeah. who voted against and why, la. Yeah. So so to clarify, yeah, Singapore did vote uh in support of it, but it pointed out it had uh two glaring and significant omissions. Mm. One, as I mentioned, was uh did not mention Hamas's role in perpetrating the massive and coordinated terror attacks of October 7th. Mm. And second is that this resolution does not acknowledge Israel's legitimate right to defend its citizens and territory in compliance with international law. Mm. So yeah, like what, what PM Lee had said before. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is, and I think uh, there was a, a huge uproar by the Israeli uh, contingent at the UN, right? Mm-hmm. Calling for the UN Secretary, Secretary General to step down. Yeah. Uh, because yeah basically the secretary general was just basically focusing on the the breaching of international law by uh, alleged breaches of international law by the Israeli defense forces right? Mm. And and also if I recall, he's Antonio Guterres, right? Guterres, yeah. If I recall, um, I'll need to double check. Even during his speech, mm. he kind of mentioned that okay, the the attack happened, but he gave the context about how the Palestinians have been uh, suffering for for years. Yeah. I know I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but I remember listening to that the oh, for a UN chief to say that, uh, it, it's also a bit like surprising and I guess that's what you were saying was surprising, yeah, right? Yeah, it was surprising. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, the, the one of the things that I merely reached out to, to find like in the immediate aftermath of October 7th attacks was just 
uh, accounts from families or, or you know of families of the hostages and anything like that lah, right mm. and uh, chilling lah. the stories are chilling the story of the family that was like cooped up in the rocket shelter and then you know the the terrorists came and tried to burn down the house around them to to sort of smoke them out you know yeah. like how we talk we talk about army or right? smoke them out and they literally were talking about having to hold their, their infant at the window, at a bulletproof window, like for, for a few seconds at a time just to breathe, like just to breathe uh, clean air and then pull her back in, you know, when they started getting shot at again. Um, or even just uh, stories of of the people who were at the music festival who, yeah, they lost friends that they, mm. it was just meant to be a weekend of partying and they ended up losing friends or, you know, hiding in trees for hours at a time trying to hide from, you know, people trying to shoot them, right? Mm. So yeah, none of these, it seems like these stories have kind of got lost in the larger political conflict mm. that's going on. And that's really tragic, right? But but now on the flip side, mm. since those early days, yeah. um, if you look at what's been happening in the news, there was like, like ridiculous amounts of air raids, right, by mm. Israel. There was apparently, and I believe it has been verified, but I'm not. I think so. The 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 use of phosphorus, uh, bombs. I don't know. I don't. Not, not sure if it's been verified. Yeah. Okay. So so then so then let's leave that out, lah. Yeah. Right. Um. The the thing is, there has been a, the ground invasion has started. Yeah. Uh. You can talk about like the sources of images and all, but like there is so much um like uh, visuals of the havoc that is being wrecked across Palestine, mm-hmm. uh, across uh, Gaza. And I think at the time of recording now, uh, 1,400 people have been killed in Israel, but mm-hmm. 8,525 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza yeah. since October 7th. Yeah. And that is the bigger question now. Like, okay, you have a right to defend yourself, but what, what to what extent? Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes a complicated thing, like I know, I know certain people on Piers Morgan's uh YouTube channel who has, for all you criticize Piers Morgan, I think we've mentioned it. Yeah. He, he has bringing, he's brought on a lot, uh, a very diverse, uh, range of guests, mm. I mean, there have been some sentiments shared by I think, uh, Jenk by the from the Young Turks, mm. who's running for the, like for the presidential elections in the US, also saying that, is this the best way to go about where it's air raids and like just almost like tearing down uh, uh, um, uh, areas of Gaza stri- of Gaza mm-hmm. as opposed to sending in the special forces like yeah. a much more surgical approach yeah who knows right mm-hmm. who knows but then if you look now uh, like it's just you look at everything the, the, the hospitals and, and the people unfortunately who are suffering all wars the yeah. civilians yeah you're just like oh my god what what the fuck's gonna gonna happen uh, from yeah. now on yeah I think the peace looks very far away, which is something uh, interesting that one one thing that I've also seen a lot of, I think we've both seen a lot of, is that there's a lot of uh, chatter that from, even from like the Israeli ambassador to the UK, mm. you know, that uh, the hope was that when, they, when Israel pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005, the hope was that Gaza would, you know, or like it would develop into kind of like a Singapore, the Middle East, uh, I think there was a lot of hope that it would become a very prosperous, uh, you know, state by itself and everything. Uh, but the reverse has happened, right? Mm. Um, and it's just, I guess Singapore is, is very interesting for them as well because of the multiculturalism and the multiracialism in Singapore. Mosques and temples and churches all within, you know, a few hundred meters vicinity of each other. Uh yeah and and everyone celebrating festivals together and all that and and we've spoken about this like right where Singaporeans sometimes we take for granted that this this is the normal state of affairs mm. but in a lot of places yeah neighbors can can get along like right neighbors can get along and and what are you know they can hope and pray that one day one day it will be like kind of like Singapore where, where they're all side by side happily but uh right now yeah it just seems so far away that. It seems like a pipe dream to say that Gaza could one day be like Singapore like that of the Middle East, right? Yeah. And I mean, the sad thing is like, um, like one thing that I've been trying to do, which I mean, you know, last time, even when we, when we did the comedy, the dark comedy about terrorism, mm-hmm. we did go down the path of researching how terrorist organizations come about, yep. how militant in like, insurgencies come about. Mm. And yeah, if you look at the history of Hamas, 
Mm. It's also not um, like it goes back a lot further, lah. Mm. Um, and then of course there's there's a lot of conspiracy theories about who was responsible for Hamas. But I think it's also important to understand that war, in general, it's almost kind of like there are people who benefit from war. There are people mm. who don't benefit from war. There are yeah. people who benefit from conflict. There are people who don't benefit from conflict. Yeah, yeah. But the single thing that is true across all wars is that regular people get fucked, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean there's a lot of like things to to dig into the history because I think it's important even which whichever guests we bring on um like it's yeah like we just need to focus on the present mm. but also before people form their opinions mm. yeah like it's just there are many other things to consider like. Yeah. I think right now beyond just this literally uh physical war that they're fighting mm. right there's an information war going on as well. Like. Yeah. Um you can see the number of uh, press conferences and everything that the Israeli Defense Forces are putting together. You can go to their YouTube channel or their TikTok and, or Instagram and see them, you know, they're making videos about female soldiers at the battlefront, you know, like uh, they're making videos about why, you know, why certain things are fake. Like I think that, you know, there was a, an alleged rocket um rocket attack on the on the hospital, right? Mm. That was blamed by Hamas blamed Israel, but Israel said that it was actually the it was actually a militant group that did it and everything like right. Yeah. So there's a lot of um there's an information war going on. Uh. You know, people saying that the other side is providing misinformation or lying even about something like casualties, civilian casualty numbers. And Honestly, now, yeah, I really don't know what, what, what's the truth uh, in some of these things. Because mm. you realize that both sides have a vested interest in, you know, uh, downplaying certain aspects of what they're doing or, or what they're mm. not doing, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to like so definitively say, uh, oh, this side is right and this side is wrong and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, when you talk to people in Singapore, what, what is that? Do you feel like there's a split between a percentage split that you can actually discern between uh, pro pro Israel or pro Palestine or what? Um, I would say about half half. Half half. Okay. Yeah, half half. Which mm-hmm. which I mean, sometimes I like I I haven't gone deep with anyone. Yeah. Uh, and I and I've also haven't been asking that many people. Like, let's say presidential election, lah. Yeah, yeah. That one was asking everyone. Asking. This one, this one, <laughs> one was like, hey, meet at a bus stop also, just like yeah, ask. Yeah. Uh, but this one is different. But I would say it's about half half, lah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Which I also feel like it, it like it shouldn't be binary, lah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing you can condemn Hamas. You can empathize with the Palestinians. You can maybe like talk about Israel's efforts and the scale of their efforts. Yeah, and there's no one answer, lah. But, mm. but for you, I don't. I mean, for me, yeah, I, I, there's nothing scientific about what I'm I'm about to say, lah. But there's a very uh, there's a very esteemed uh person on the internet, and uh, who who did a sort of a kind of non scientific study mm. on this, lah. Uh, so basically, her name is Xiaxue. Mm, she mm, did an Instagram poll mm. <laughs> about whose side do you support. And she gave two choices, uh, Israel or Palestine. And um, if I recall correctly from that poll, I did participate in it, but I saw the results. Uh, it was like quite overwhelmingly like in, in favor of Palestine. Uh, mm. if the, of those two options, uh, right? Mm. Like I would say like 70-30 or something like that. Maybe it changed over, over more time. I don't know. But that's what I saw at the point in time on Instagram stories. Not that Xiaxue has channel or page is like a barometer for how Singapore thinks but yeah. just putting out there that uh, a lot of people on the street right who might follow Siashi and all that uh, that's what that's what the sentiment is yeah, yeah. yeah I and, mean I, I, I can imagine if you spend time on social media um, and, and I mean even even for, like I think anyone who sees pictures of what's going on in Gaza you mm. can't help but feel for the Palestinians yeah right Though uh, I have met some people who feel very strongly that Israel needs to do all they can mm. to, even at the sacrifice of some uh, people in Gaza, like, which I don't agree with. Like. Some, yeah. Yeah, some. And I mean, then it becomes the bigger question, right? You know, you were saying like, um, like for the Israeli POV, even in Singapore, mm. uh, there's, a, there's a lot more communication being put out, like, right? Mm. Even for us, we wanted to 
get, as we always do, like balanced perspectives. Mm. But finding people who can speak with uh, experience or information about the, the Palestinian POV is damn hard. Mm, right, mm. Singapore, we don't recognize Palestine as a as a country, right? Do we not? No, I don't think so. But Palestine, but we send condolences letters. Like our president has sent condolence letters to Mahmoud Abbas and all. No, correct, because we have a non-resident uh, representative of Singapore to Palestine. Okay, but we don't have a Palestinian embassy, for example. No embassy, But that yeah. still means you recognize, right? Actually, okay, we we can we can yeah. we can fact check it, but yeah. um. There is a Israeli embassy in Singapore, mm, um, yeah. and and you know like a few days ago uh, at a doorstop interview, Shamugam said something about like the he explained why Singapore has banned rallies, yeah, for either either um, either cause lah, right? Yeah. Uh, and at first I thought, hey, that's 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 like what about ex- freedom of expression and all? But mm. I actually can see the benefit of that lah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he talked about online posts. Mm. Uh, people that want to free to express their own opinions, um, but it shouldn't be in, in uh, seditious or inciting violence, mm, mm, mm. right? Yeah. And then you look at certain posts by, say, the Israeli embassy. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at one that was posted a week ago, as of first November. Um, like um, it, it's a it's a reel of like some of the Hamas attackers, and then the caption is, "He will pay. They will all pay." Yeah. You know, and yeah. if you go go down their their posts, it, some of it is like um, I would say scary la. Mm. Especially mm. this is the Israeli embassy in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a, a, but again, right? Like we are not a country who have experienced what they have experienced. Mm. When I look at it, and then when I hear Shamugam say, "Okay, the post shouldn't be inciting violence and all," then I feel like, oh, but these posts are uh uh very emotional, right? Yeah, very emotional. Yeah. Uh, to verify Singapore yeah. yeah Singapore does not recognize the state of Palestine yeah, yeah. yeah it does yeah. not recognize we have, they have a non-resident ambassador to Palestine yeah 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 but yeah they don't recognize la. but yeah Singapore is very strongly advocates the two state solution yeah right? we, which I mean I, I think generally feels like the most realistic thing even though we feel very far from that la, right yeah yeah. yeah. But, but basically finding people who are getting access to actual Palestinians who've been in Gaza or the West Bank is damn hard yeah so, um, why do you think Singaporeans should, you know, what 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 can they take from this? Like, I won't say whether it's support or whatever, but what can yeah. they take from this? Like, obviously, there are some, the good thing is that there's some even ground-up efforts. I think a lot of Singaporeans want to help yeah. the humanitarian efforts. Like, so, the money has been raised and donated. Uh, and I think there were, yeah, like, there were, there are people who are posting about it and who are wanting to organize rallies and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like, right? Uh, but I actually do feel that it's uh, it can actually really fan the flames of tension. Um, some of these rallies and and all that, uh, especially in the earlier on, right? Yeah. Uh. Um, it's very tricky, la. And and the truth is, from what you are seeing online, that there's no simple answer to any of these questions that even mm. Piers Morgan or these other interviewers are all asking either, right? So. Uh, it, it, it's I think it's really prudent to really have a for you know for government the government to have, talk about it in parliament yeah uh, really clearly state what the official stand of Singapore is to make mm. sure put no doubt in people's minds about what Singapore does I mean you can have your conspiracy theories and all but I think it's important to just state up front what our position is and make make it very clear to everyone yeah, yeah. Um, but then so that's it like what should uh, you know Singaporeans Although it's a very far away conflict mm. and doesn't affect us directly, what can they take away from this or what should they do to to, you know, uh know more about it? I mean, I think yeah, the the knowing more, like um don't spend too much time on one particular news source. Mm. You know, I think that's something that's been helpful for me. Yeah. Uh because if you go on YouTube or anything, it will just recommend you a lot more. Even though Piers Morgan, I think I watch a lot, almost all his interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, just trying to get different perspectives. Because like, uh, even some of like Al Jazeera or some of the Saudi Arabian newspapers also do pretty good interviews. Mm. But I think going back to what you said as a Singaporean, I think like for me, is you you really cannot take what we have for granted. Like. Mm. The fact that... It's your NDP moment. Uh. Yeah, man. Like, it's just... It, 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 it's just like you, you look at it and you're thinking first of all like if you people living in constant fear 
Yeah. Uh, you know, for us, yeah, we hear all these sirens like the 6 p.m. Uh, uh, national uh, uh, total defense siren, mm. and and it's all like, like uh, how you say, uh, in preparation for shit that goes south, lah. Mm. But then you look at that, you're like, oh my god, this, and you st- you read up about the history. It's been happening for so long. Mm. Uh, that's one thing, and then the second thing is also, how you say, uh, not not put a blanket on people based on. Like just something they express. Mm, mm, and I think in Singapore where even online you're seeing a lot of people go one way or the other. That can be dangerous. Yeah. Where you see someone post something and you assume that they totally believe like everything that that party is doing. Mm-mm-mm. And it might not be the case. It's just you're doing an Insta story and all. It's one aspect of your opinion. Yeah. You don't know about the rest. Yeah. But for and, you? Yeah, that's the funny thing, right? I see... A lot of the comments on posts by, uh, I think Halima Yaakob put up a post mm. about it. it. Taman put up a post about it. Ho Ching put up a post about it, you know, comparing Gaza to Singapore and all. And uh, you see the comments, a lot of it is like, basically people saying, you don't know enough about the history. You go and read up. Lah. So both sides calling each other out for not knowing enough about the history or the truth and everything. So at this, po- at this point, like, um, even if you, you know, do a lot of research and think you know the truth, uh, th- there will be people who will be calling you, calling you out, and saying that you don't really know the full full picture, lah, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for me, ultimately, it really boiled down to the the stories of the people who are suffering, lah, right? Whether you're Israeli or Palestine, uh, a lot of children, a lot of innocent victims, and all that, and that's the ultimate tragedy, lah, right? And mm. and that's what can happen when when wars, you know, when there's conflict, when there's uh, information wars going on and all. And yeah, you just have to be very careful about uh, that, you know, you, if you see people around you who are getting very riled up, very uh, very polarized about certain issues, right? Uh, I mean, it's worth, I think it's worth talking to them a little bit, you know, mm. just questioning their beliefs a little bit about certain things. Because even you and I also, we when we, where it started October 7th to now, I think our views also have like mm. been informed a lot by what each of us have been watching or reading and then sending to each other and all, so all that, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we need to do more of that. Lah. And and why why this, I think, and why this is also relevant for Singapore also is because our history not that long ago, you know, there was there was unrest lah, in Singapore mm. where, where people believed that... Uh, the formation of the Federation of Malaya, for example, was a, it's a new colonial move and, and you know, there were like the McDonald House bombings as a result. Terrorist attacks, uh, you know, uh, yeah. basically terrorist attacks in Singapore. So, it's not, Singapore is not immune from this kind of things. It's not that we've never seen this kind of things in our history. It's just that, I think since, since that, that period of time, we've just been very determined as well mm. to make sure uh, we don't go down that path, like, right? Mm. Of sectarian or religious or or ethnic violence or anything like that, lor. Mm. Because unfortunately, in conflicts like this, religion is a part of it. Yeah, ethnicity is a part of it, yeah. and yeah, it just becomes like, uh, yeah, like it just just makes you think everything you like you understand about relationships or or even power dynamics and all. It's just. I mean, who knows? Like this is, today's first November. Uh, mm. unfortunately, the holiday season, chances are this is not going to end quickly. No, yeah. right. Uh, then you look at you look at like Ukraine, Russia, I- Israel, Palestine, and you just wonder, oh my god, like this. Yeah, it's just sad. Like, it's just sad. Mm, yeah, it's just sad. And I mean, like it is very important to us that we we really do try to get perspectives from people who have been on the ground or who have a lot more of an insight than, than we can ever have. Mm, so mm, we are mm. still trying to get guests on. Um, and if you know anyone who might be an interesting guest for us, might share perspectives to help us and you guys learn or just be understand a bit more of a diverse opinion, please do let us know. Yeah. 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 But yes, mm. uh, you know, in the vein of like information wars and everything, uh, our next topic is about... Uh, the veracity or, or, you know, trying to find the truth behind a photo yeah. that was taken in Indonesia that uh, has, you know, ruffled quite a lot of feathers. Uh. And what yeah. is this, what is this story about? Uh? 
Oh, it's like the similar theme about the accuracy of the photos, but this is just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit it's more... Just, I mean, the show, like, we, we do want to end off on something a bit lighter-hearted. Mm. Um, and and yeah, this, this is news of um, a winner of an international photography contact, uh, contest mm. who beat out more than 500,000 submissions yeah. uh, uh, to win this competition with a picture showing an Indonesian coffee shop. Mm. Uh, and she's been accused that it was staged in a studio. Mm. Yeah. And and the whistleblower is actually a studio owner in Bogor yeah. uh, who is requesting anonymity uh, who, who told This Week in Asia that the photographer's picture was taken during a promo event. Mm. Because Fuji I mean, film. Yeah, yeah, you look at a picture, it's like uh, there's a there's like people smoking around and like uh playing playing, I guess, a, a game while mm. drinking coffee. Mm. Uh yeah. Hard, so hard game, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and the the whistleblower himself, I think, uploaded a picture from another angle of that same promo event. Mm. Mm. So then it's the thing like, like um okay, the photo objectively is still a good photo. Yeah. Is there anything wrong if it was staged? Mm. Uh, I think uh, yeah. The the saying is staged. It's kind of a. I mean, it's a photo taken of people in an environment that looks like a coffee shop, right? Right. Mm. Uh, and I think the context is that uh, a lot of times, uh, camera companies and all when they have new product launches of lenses or cameras, a lot of times they will invite photographers or content creators to come down and try out these these new 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 things like, and a lot yeah. of times uh in order to have something for for them to try the camera lenses on because at the end of the day these are the the point of these devices is to take photos right yeah they have to set up some kind of interesting thing for them to shoot like. a lot of times it's a model sometimes a dancer and then it's nice lighting and everything so in this situation um you can say that they they yeah they set up what looks like a coffee shop and we probably got actors, I mean, based on what this studio owner is saying, got actors to come in and they did, you know, set design and they and even lighting, did the lighting you know, on it yeah. to make it look so good. Uh, and a photographer comes in, uses a camera, takes the photo, right? And But the good thing is everything's set up already so they don't even need to like direct or anything. The actors are all just there. So, essentially, yeah, she took, he or she took the, I mean, it's a she, right? The winner. Yeah, she, she, she. She took the photo and submitted it for a competition that won a lot of prizes. So, can you, can you begrudge her for, for anything? Uh, I mean, like, okay, so when this thing won, right, mm. uh, basically the, the name of or the theme of the contest was Our World is Beautiful. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> so the jury came to a clear conclusion as this shot shows how joy comes to life when people come together in their community to share the beauty of their world in a moment. <laughs> The photographer has elicited something very special from the scene and brought the mood of the moment to life through the quality of the photo we see. Mm-hmm. And it goes on about like, oh, immersing the viewer within a depicted scene. Reading this makes it like, you know, I don't know if you took literature in secondary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like you read a paragraph, uh, especially, of, let's say, for a book where the author is no longer around. Yeah. And you almost ascribe meaning to this. Mm. Man, who knows, man? Mm. What the fuck the person was thinking when they wrote it? Yeah. Uh, and this one, it feels like, oh, they are talking, they are, this is like that. There was one YouTube video last time, I think this guy went around giving like sliced up McDonald's chicken nuggets mm. Uh, mm. as hors d'oeuvres at like a food festival and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, like I can tell yeah. the quality of the free range chicken. Yeah. So, so yeah. La. So, reading this, I think is not cool. La. It's not cool on uh, the part of the, the photographer. Photographer, I see. Yeah, for you? Um, I think it it says more about the competition, the competition, the organizers of the competition that they they so want to see Asian or Indonesian society in this context, and that that's what they think going to Asia is about. You know, mm. coffee shop and old people sitting around playing card games and all that kind of thing. They're so eager to capture that that. They, they're so eager to reaffirm that that is their view of what Asia is that you know they awarded a cash prize to someone who captured this this moment without even realizing or thinking that maybe I mean you know if you really wanted to capture what is the uh, typical Indonesian moment maybe it's it's this something a bit more modern lah, right not so mm. old school looking and all that but it, you know we talk about neocolonialism and all that this 
kind of is that, that kind of view and uh, maybe the more Western view of what Asia <laughs> is always supposed to look like, like right? And uh, it's quite funny because I think the there are, there are photographers who, you know, the photographer who provided a photo of what the set was where they shot it. Mm. And you go to his Instagram account and yeah, like, it's all the photos. He's got a whole bunch of photos that are in that style, like, right? Of oh, like, idealized uh, moments of, of you know, uh, very idealized candid moments between old, uh, looks like Indonesians in coffee shop and all that. <laughs> and I'm like, even if you are the organizer, you look at it, the lighting is so perfect and so, so you know, every, the props and the, everything just looks so clean and the colors and all that are also perfect. Doesn't it just raise some eyebrows? Like, hey, was this even, is this even a real representation? I mean, when Prince Harry, Prince William came to Singapore last <laughs> yeah, time, yeah. <laughs> remember they made all the old people exercise at yeah. the exercise corner? Yeah, and shout out to, uh, I think, was it but then Hall or what? Uh, who said that during that time she wanted to laugh she, when when that was happening she wanted to laugh because they they got kids to play five stone and zero point in the <laughs> at the playground which is like in two thousand twelve I don't think anyone is playing zero point but anymore. That one the Singapore government okay right? the Singapore government it was shown to the world all okay. Right? But two thousand twelve was pre social media so it wasn't it's not as widespread and as and ridiculous now. Whereas if you try to pull something like that today. Like when Prince Williams comes comes and does that all, I think people will just <laughs> laugh you all the way to the back. Yeah, like, there'll be someone who will leak the behind the scenes. Like. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I'm on their website and basically just some FAQs about the photo mm. award. Mm. Um, what is the photo award? Apparently, it's the world's largest photo competition. Mm. The theme is our world is beautiful. Yeah. When you, when you ask which photos can I submit, they're like, uh, let's see. Uh, this means no photos generated by artificial intelligence, for example. Mm. Um, participant must own unrestricted copyrights uh, must be unaltered and in a realistic um, a manner yeah. and it must fit the themes of the choice of category of the composition yeah. but they never say anything about you cannot stage stage yeah yeah exactly you cannot stage so technically she didn't do anything wrong what? no but I mean but they did okay firstly yeah she won the, the prize which was a holiday worth like 15,000 USD oh yeah 7,500 euros worth of photography equipment and, and, and more products. But um, apparently the board member that organi- of the organization that organized the competition uh, said in a statement that the winning photo conveyed an authentic glimpse into everyday <laughs> life in Indonesia. So yeah, I mean, it, it's very clear here that the board also got bamboozled thinking that this was a slice of, authentic slice of everyday life. Uh-huh. So if I were the board, I would say that yeah, like we've been deceived, right? So then it'd be the equivalent if like in Singapore got, got four four people, two women, two male, yeah. uh Chinese, Malay, Indian, and uh, uh and uh, others yeah. eating uh Nasilama. Rojak Rojak. Uh, ro- rojak. <laughs> eating Rojak. Yeah. Authentic slice of life in Singapore. No, then got Chinese Rojak, uh, Indian Rojak, yeah. and then like the Malay equivalent, then a the Eurasian dish. And that is yeah, yeah. how people eat in Singapore. People eat Singapore. <laughs> Every meal you need or something from each of our major races. Yeah. So so yeah, like, this kind of thing. I mean, yeah, maybe it's you read how much they are waxing lyrical about this. Our world is beautiful. Our world is beautiful. <laughs> um so it maybe I mean it's a great social experiment. It almost reminds me of that that social experiment where those German, that German duo, comedic duo, like mm. faked the Ryan Gosling. They they literally put a fake Ryan Gosling at a German awards show. Oh, like. that was fucking great. And the point was to show how these awards shows are so full of shit, right? Like yeah. They would just give awards to anybody as long as they're celebrities, like, right? Yeah. And that was a great, great prank. Maybe some, this is something like that, like, like they, you just, you know, all these like, stupid themes are like our world is beautiful <laughs> like this they just clown the photographer just clowned it by like staging something that is completely unrealistic right what the fuck man yeah yeah so I mean but so in general like would you fault the photographer or the organizer uh I would say there's an ethical thing about photography mm. uh, it's not it's not illegal like, right but there's an ethics thing to it like, that you don't if you are Entering it for a competition, and it, even if it's not outright said that it's it's not meant to be staged and all that, uh, if it's staged, I think you you it's something that you should put out there that it's staged uh, that this is not reality lah uh, as mm. it is. Uh, in the same vein that you know if you use Photoshop and all that, right? Uh, that in some way is is altering reality, all right, and passing it off as a real thing. Mm. Uh, 
and in this day and age, uh, with AI and all that, I think I, I said it like in the last time we talked about AI was that about uh, AI just you know faking using chatbots and all pretending to be humans, pretending to be human customer service officers and all that is leading us down a very dangerous path, lah, right? Mm. Where we're literally trying to trick each other into believing that you're talking to a human, where actually it's just a robot, you know, ask Jamie, that nonsense. It's a freaking like bot, uh, right? Why do you need to pretend to be humans? There can be, there, if you want to, there can be a whole separate category of film awards for stage photos, or of, I mean, photography awards for stage photos, or photography mm-hmm. award for AI-generated photos. But I think if you really want to talk about slice of life or that, as a photographer, you need to try and have these ethical boundaries for yourself. Mm. Yeah, so I, I would say, yeah, this, I mean, the obviously the competition is not great at, you know, fact-checking and, and making sure that the photos are sourced properly, but the photographer, it starts at the photographer itself. La. So uh, you think like, she, you believe in like people's, people's ethics, uh, Terrence? I want to believe, la. I try to be optimistic that we can rise above like just wanting staging to Staging photos. Uh. Staging, wanting to just win at all costs and everything. La. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the more we talk about it, the more I think the organizers need to step up because you think about even athletics mm. or martial arts, yeah. everybody's allowed to compete, but they are doping tests, right? Mm-hmm. So even in this case, if you shortlist this winner, just do a check. Yeah. If you be- yeah. maybe they don't believe in the in the in the the need to even differentiate between staged and not staged. Yeah. 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 So if they don't they don't feel the need to differentiate, then okay lah. But if they also agree to the ethics that you mentioned, which I also agree, especially if you're talking about the beauty of the world. Yeah. Oh no, the world is beautiful. Just do a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, it reminds me of an incident that time when uh, I was in France at a very small film festival and then there was a Singapore film playing in the festival mm. which I went to watch. It was Perth. You know, the, the mm. movie Perth. And uh, I went to watch to support Singapore film like, and the filmmakers were there also, you know, mm. interestingly. Uh, so I was watching it and um, then after that, there was a Q&A with the largely French audience there. And uh, the Q&A, you know, I think a French person stood up and was like, oh, you know, I saw that scene. There was this deity, Indonesian deity that you used in the, on the table in the scene and all that. And I just wanted to understand, are you trying to say something about the Indonesian culture and all these things? Then I think the filmmaker Jin, right? And, and he was there and, and with his team and they all just looked at each other like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But I mean, that's... Basically, the a lot of Westerners view about Asia, la, like yeah. we are this monolithic culture and everything Asian all in intertwines with each other. And Japanese can relate to Koreans, and Koreans can relate to Singaporeans, and we all eat each other's cuisine. And, and every table must well. have a deity. Yeah, yeah, every yeah, table yeah, got yeah. Deity, yeah. And yeah. our deities all know each other, yeah, and everything. Yeah. All friends, and they all have they're on each other's friend list. But it's not the case, that We're all very different cultures, and also it's just yeah. funny how. Like he watched this Westerner was watching a Singaporean film and then like suddenly brought in Indonesian culture into this whole thing as well. So then what did they respond? I think uh, they just tried to be very, if I remember correctly, they just were very polite about it and just like, oh yeah, actually this is a very common uh, deity in Singapore mm. culture but it's nothing to do with Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, 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 that cracked me up. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. La. But yes. Interesting. That's the but yeah. But yes, um, what is your, maybe moving on to better things, what is your one shot comment? Uh, my one shot comment, uh, hmm. let's see. There was a comment from, I guess, someone who has just joined Reddit. Hmm. Uh, yes, so, so they said it's a comment on Reddit by Funny Chris 1981 Yes. Uh, title is Loved Your Podcast, and uh, comment is new to this Reddit, but this podcast has brought countless hours of entertainment cannot begin to tell you how many times I had my day brightened up listening to you guys mm-hmm. I also love the way you keep your per- bringing your perspective to current affairs with a touch of good old humor well mm-hmm. done guys keep it up fuck yeah man thanks thanks so much for your comment man yeah it means a lot yeah, yeah that's my one show comment um yeah my, my one show comment is uh from reddit as well mm. a comment on the the episode that we did with Xenia and Farah mm. uh saying from ZZ Whaler. Just love how Xenia just zoned out when Harish talks about sports. <laughs> um, finally, the two bro- bros got to see the reactions when they talk about BTO topics like NS and soccer. <laughs> BTO topics? What's BTO topics? Uh, I don't know, actually. But I guess what they're saying is that uh, maybe you and I are just not self-aware of how 
bored people get when we talk about NS and soccer. La. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Just that there was Xenia right here, sitting here, and maybe the camera was trained on her face and it was just like, it's very easy to tell how yeah, bored oh, she she's zoned out. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to check it, man. Yeah, yeah. But, but he said, but Zizi also says, Farah and Xenia balance out the yin and yang, which is a super entertaining po- episode of talking about ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But, now, yeah. I know this is not a one-show comment, but mm-hmm. I think we can also talk about the results of the survey. The oh, poll, yes, yes. Right? Yes, that's right. No, yeah. not the yellow, not the audience survey, which we oh, will do. Okay, it's okay. more about the poll. Oh, yeah, the poll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, who embellishes more. Yeah, who embellishes more, yeah. You can see the results, right? The results are out on uh, on Reddit. (sighs) And uh, there were 15 votes. And it was 10 votes to 5 of Harish being the bigger embellisher. I fucking refute this. This bullshit. How many times, how many times, which four of your your relatives do you get to vote for me? these (laughs) people... My wife, her dad, uh, my mom, uh, and her mom. Yeah. No, because these people haven't seen through your bullshit, Terrence. Seen through. I know you so long that I know your embellishment is very insidious, man. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. And then people fucking <clears throat> accuse. You might want to check the poll settings. I tried to vote for Harish, uh, and the Reddit app immediately responded, error, please try again. That is fake news. Okay, Jungle Jimbo 88. Fake news. So, I mean, all I have to say is the 453 episodes that we've recorded uh, speaks bullshit. for itself. It's bullshit. This is as objective as it gets already. Bullshit. And Harish still refuses to acknowledge Nonsense. the truth. <laughs> so, I mean, common theme of what we love, what we're Nonsense. talking about today, information wars, right? Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, but yes. But yeah. Our one shot thing. Do you um, have your one shot thing? My one shot thing? Oh, actually, yeah, I was... Uh, a lot of interesting Halloween costumes uh, in the last couple of days, uh, right? As I think over the weekend, uh, everyone was dressed up for Halloween. And, and, and you know, we had some friends, uh, mutual friends who who first time celebrating Halloween, like post-COVID in Singapore, mm. who were very shocked by, the, the, you know, how people were dressed up like Club Key and everything, uh, right? Mm. And I think you saw a lot of influencers all dressed up like crazy. Mm. Uh, I think, but I feel like the funniest uh, Halloween costume I saw was, uh, you know, remember my, I had one short thing about the new NBA uh, rookie, Victor Wenbanyama, this mm. really freakishly tall person and everything. Uh, so he turned up for his Halloween um, match. Uh, the, 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 because they all dress up uh, in their Halloween costumes and then they arrive for the, the game at the arena. So being a freakishly tall character, he did the perfect costume for anyone who's freakishly tall. Mm. He came as Slender Man. Oh, <laughs> and it was great just watching him like walk in the arena because he's just so awkward looking he's so Who tall and long again? Slender like, Man you know like oh Victor Victor, Victor Man, Man, oh, that you know, was his costume that was his costume he, oh he played God. Slender Man which is like I know it's such a great costume when, when it's so yeah at least he's self aware of like how long he is and all so yeah that was my one shook thing it made me chuckle uh, yes and what is your what was your favourite Halloween costume man uh, I actually didn't see that many this year, actually. Really? Yeah. I Even on your, when you go on your Instagram deep dives, you know, while sitting in the toilet and stalking all the, all the young influencers and all. You hey, don't see hey, Don't. You see, okay, this is an exact example of your insidious embellishment. That is completely false. Okay, completely false. Uh, I do plan to just like, uh, see what people dress up with because I'm guessing this weekend also people will dress up like, right no it's done, really. nah. done, 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 done. it's only oh, last but, last weekend yeah yeah. but what, Victor Vambayama as Slenderman is fucking <laughs> freaky freaky man. freaky holy shit yeah uh, but yeah so so my one shock thing was something that was shared in the Yalabad subreddit as well mm. it was a video of Hassan Minaj's response oh to the to the New Yorker article yeah 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 uh, and I mean he did it like one of the episodes of his Patriot Act which uh, was uh, a lot of detail but I mean I still oh, wow. dis- so just talking about embellishment this is the this is the king of embellishment yeah, uh, this I guy. still I still disagree with some of the approaches he took where he said you know like there is the Hassan Minaj comedian. There is the Hassan Minaj host of the Patriot Act, and he, the, he did he wasn't aware of the line kind of crossing line. He acknowledges mm-hmm. that, and he did also say certain things that he kind of like. Um, uh, I think for example, when he was talking about being rejected for his prom because of race, mm. uh, in his stand up special, he said it happened at the door of the girl's house. But in actual fact, it didn't like. But he said to play up the emotion, he, um. He, he built that situation, but it is a bit misleading. But he also shared 
audio excerpts from the New Yorker interview mm. that showed that they also didn't do the best job of reporting. Oh, is it? I haven't actually uh, seen yeah, the video. Yeah. But so you look at it like... In well, what way uh, did um, they not do the best job? I think one thing, uh, for example, they were kind of uh, talking about how... Oh yeah, so even the, the girl that... Um, he kind of said, you know, rejected him because of race. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, they had they have a very good friendship over a few years. And mm. in the article, it said that he uh, he wanted to go to her wedding to, you know, just like crash it or something. Mm. But he showed a screenshot of the invite that she sent him over email. Mm. And she also said that, you know, like my, my parents grew out of what their perspectives were previously or something, which alludes to them not wanting her to go because of race lah. But apparently she yeah. married she married a Indian person yeah. or something, right? So in his email he no, she he also said, you know, I'm glad like I, I believe you because you did the one thing that shows that you are not a racist like you may. So that email exchange all was there. Oh, uh, and he showed excerpts and I was like, Oh, I I disagree with some of the approaches he took, but then you the New York article also not the most uh objective. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's worth a watch, like it's just a watch. You can watch twice two speed, like two speed. Yeah, I was already re- writing it off already, but uh, now that you said that the article yeah. is a bit iffy, I'll go check Yeah, it a bit like, yeah. So still, I would say I don't uh, agree with some things you did, but it's also not as maybe one-sided as I thought last time. Huh? Information was. Yeah, information was. Information was. Yeah. Embellishing. <laughs> but yes, uh, cool. Well, tough, tough yeah. one to get through. Tough That's one in, to get through. It's in the topic. Like, the topic yeah. stuff. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody yeah. for listening as always. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Oh, and uh, just follow us on social media. Share, subscribe, tell people about us if you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to y'all soon.